When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour to the game. The game after work. Mitch Fortner and Travion Berkland. Is that a Michael Jackson shirt? Yes. But it's not like normal. Is that Thriller Michael Jackson? Yeah, there you go. I was right. I know my Michael Jackson. Funner was 537-1350. Got some Mitch Palm coming up. Troy from Hayes will join us. Um, in uh, at five twenty-five for a little Mitch in Vegas, we'll make six predictions on the uh, conference championship games. Wrap it up with Alaska. Anything as uh, uh, Troy will be taking over at five forty-five. Manhattan girls will play first against Hugoton. Uh, tip off at six o'clock, and then right after that, capping off the doubleheader. Manhattan boys taking on Sunrise Christian Academy. And like I said, in the first hour. It's not. Um, they, they got multiple levels of teams. At Sunrise Christian, I believe. Um, this is like the second team uh, playing in Hayes. I think actually the first team that has David Castillo, who's uh, going to be a member of the K-State class of 2024. Um, I think they're playing in Florida. Um, saw somebody get pulled over yesterday, and that's a lot of fun. Um I was in Topeka yesterday, actually a little east of Topeka. Stopped at that truck stop and then coming back west. Cop followed me out on uh, on 70. Got a little ahead of me, which he was going at least 72. So I'm like, or I'm or, uh, um, 82. So I sped up to 80. So he's a little faster than me. Saw a strategy from a cop I've never seen before. I could see in the rearview mirror. Somebody was going really fast. They were weaving through traffic. I was like, ah. About to get the berries. He was in the far left lane was this dude that was speeding and going and driving crazy. As he was approaching us and the cop was just maybe four car lengths ahead of me. Pulls quickly into that far left lane to try to slow that guy down. Well, what does that guy do? Completely swerves around the cop, takes off again, berries automatically. I was like, okay. Wonder how that was going to go down. Pretty awesome to see, honestly, in person, especially somebody that kind of has a lead foot and has an eye. I can tell what a cop car is. Talk about an idiot. All right. Saturday afternoon from Bramlage Coliseum, K-State men's basketball is hosting the Lions of North Alabama, Florence, Alabama to be exact. It's 
it's north, but it's actually northwest Oklahoma. It's deep in the corner there. Travion, let's make a prediction. Here's Mitch Ball with tomorrow's prediction. First ever meeting between K-State and North Alabama as uh, the Cats 2-0 this year against teams out of the A-Sun Trash Conference beat Bellarmine 83-75, but then after that knocked off Central Arkansas 100-56. All right, North Alabama picked to finish 7th in the A-Sun preseason poll. They returned eight lettermen, four starters, so they have an experienced team that went 18-15 a year ago. They went to the CBI. I don't know if they were any good. I just know they went to the CBI. They're 4-3 and three this year. Snapped a two-game skid uh, in their last home game over Tech, uh, Tennessee Tech. 86-71. to 71. The thing is, North Alabama has been playing a bunch of trash teams. Their first game, their first win, was against a team from the NAIA. Now, their only game of... Uh, against a Division I Power Six program was against Mississippi State, and the Lions got housed. They lost 81-54. They have not won a game yet on the road. They are 0-3, so that's the first thing Mitch Palm saw there. Not winners on the road so far this year. Now, with playing such a trash schedule, it's hard to really throw a lot of stats into consideration on really pivoting one way or another because K-State has played a really tough schedule. North Alabama really has not. But I want to mention a couple of things that I find interesting. First of all, North Alabama is actually shooting the three quite well so far. 38.6%. That's 28th in the nation. Now, we knew Oral Roberts could be a problem from three, and they were in that first half. The interesting thing about North Alabama, they don't shoot as many as Oral Roberts would. I mean, heading into that ORU game, Golden Eagles are shooting 29 from three a game. Right now, North Alabama is shooting 21 a game. They've been particularly good from three in the last three games. They're shooting 29 of 71 for 41% from three in the last three games. So that's definitely something to take notice of. Now, from shooting from two, though, not too great. Only 48% from two-point range is North Alabama. That's 273rd in the nation. And like we've seen from other stats, on the road, it's much worse. Just 41% from two-point range. Now, they're also not great on defense from two, like they are on offense. 273rd in the nation in stopping the two. And guess what? Like other things mentioned before, they're even worse on the road. Stopping two-point scoring. On the road this year, they're allowing teams to score 48 points a game from two-point range. That's bad. That is 14th worst in the nation. Bad. So far this year. Now, one other thing that North Alabama does well, they do a good job of forcing turnovers. 15 a game. They They cough up 12 themselves. They get seven steals a game, so they can be a little pesky on defense. That's an all-right number. So there you go. Turnovers and shooting the three well. That's one thing on each side of the ball to take note of. 
couple of players that do stand out to me is LJ Johnson, um, averaging 15 points. He's shooting 48 from the field, 39% from three-point range. But you'll notice this potentially tomorrow, and I mentioned it earlier, they only shoot 21 from three. They probably should be shooting the three a little bit more. Jakari Lane, 12 points a game. Best assist player at three a contest. And then uh, Damian Forrest is pretty good. He's a great rebounder. Nearly a double-double a game of 10.9 rebounds a game. But what is actually stands out to me the most about their their team in depth is they rotate a ton. They have 11 players, 11, that average 11 minutes a game. That's a lot of subbing. They're, the player that averages the most minutes a game is 26 minutes a game major rotation so my spotter i'm not sure my spotter is tomorrow afternoon but they're going to be doing a lot of writing down numbers a little uh, behind the scenes is when somebody checks into a game my spotter will write down that number and when we get to that substitution i just look at the numbers written down i could just go bop, 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 knock them all out all right, Trey, I think you're going to be interested in this part of the uh, of the uh, Mitch Palm segment here because it's a non-con game. I can't make my final decision on the on the um, on the prediction without going through some famous alumni for North Alabama. I'm interested to see if you can recognize some of these names. I wouldn't imagine you know this guy, but the first famous alumni is Wimp Sanderson. He was the head coach at Alabama in basketball for 32 years. He was successful. As a player and as a coach, he played at North Alabama. He averaged 15 points in his career per game. He took the Crimson Tide to 10 NCAA tournaments and uh, six trips to the Sweet 16. But the guy's name is Wimp. (laughs) I mean... Yeah, I can't say I've heard of him. You're a small-town Kansas kid. What would it... uh, you're, you went to Blue Valley High School. Mm-hmm. I mean, what if your name was Wimp? That would be really tough. That would be your whole <laughs> personality. That would be your whole image. Right. You would get ribbed all the time. Luckily for him, he had a successful career as a player and a coach. Next famous alumni is Daryl Worley. Don't know. The only reason I know of him is because I believe he performed live at a KAB award ceremony. Hmm. That may have been here in town. I can't remember, but I'm pretty sure. He was known for uh, writing and performing the song, Have You Forgotten? And it was a tribute to those that lost their lives in 9-11. Also did the song, I Miss My Friend. Awful, beautiful thing. Wasn't really ever a big deal. It's a lot of basically just all guitar country songs. But the last famous alumni is Michael Connor Humphreys. No? No clue. He was in Forrest Gump. He played the young version of Forrest Gump. You know what? I think my sister's friends with that guy. What? Yeah. How? I don't remember the entire story with everything, but like... Was your sister in the military? No. But I do. Because he went I've, to the military. I've heard stories about the guy that played the young Forrest Gump, like knowing my family. So, like, I couldn't give you all the information off the top of my head, but that's a thing. Can you text her and ask, do you know Michael Connor Humphreys? Okay. 
Uh, he only did one other movie called Pathfinders in the Company of Strangers, and he did that movie as an adult. The funny story about Michael Connor Humphreys is when they were about to make Forrest Gump, the director went up to Tom Hanks, and he's like, you need to teach this kid the way you talk. Well, Tom Hanks made the decision. He's like, you know what I'm going to do instead? I'm going to learn how he talks. And so the accent that you hear from Tom Hanks is almost exactly like Michael Connor Humphreys. Interesting story. I love that. One of my favorite movie stories out there. All right, keys to the game. I just have one real key to this game. Well, kind of two. In games like this, I just want to see K-State take care of the basketball, have consistency, but the real big thing I want to see, defense. Really need to see a good game defensively, I think. Cats so far, and I know it's early in the year, and they've had some tough competition, a lot of tough competition. Cats right now last in the Big 12 in scoring defense. They're last in the Big 12 in field goal defense. They're second worst in three-point field goal defense. I would like to see a good defensive contesting shots type of game, especially with what I mentioned earlier. North Alabama can shoot the three. They just don't shoot it as much as they probably should. All right, it's prediction time. Ken Palm says 95% chance Cats get a victory with the final score 85-268. My thought about this game is K-State will obviously try to knock down some threes, but they're going to have a really strong game inside. I would bet North Alabama so far this year, the most points in the paint they've allowed so far this year will take place in the K-State game. Cats get it done at home. 99% chance of K-State getting the victory with the final score, 89-60. to Trey's on the phone right now. He is currently talking to his sister, and I believe we're about to get a story. All right, here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Trey is going to tell us, does his sister have a friendship with the kid that played the young Forrest Gump? That in Mitch in Vegas when we come back. All right, before we make some picks and we officially step into the casino, we'll get an update on uh, the standings as well. We got to get the uh, cliffhanger answer here. Does Travion's sister know the guy that played the young Forrest Gump? So, yes, it is confirmed. Um, Wow. Apparently, so one of my sister's high school friends, her older brother, because um, that guy was stationed at Fort Riley, who's in the military. Oh, okay. And so, um, basically, that uh, okay, that um, crowd they would just kind of hang out and party and stuff during my sister's college years. So oh. she says that um, she taught him how to roller skate, and she just sent me a few pictures of them together too. Really? Yep. How about that? What a... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. 
to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Such an odd thing. I remember like, hearing about it as a kid, but I totally like after you said that, it brought back all these memories, and I totally forgot about the guy. Okay, interesting. So, oh, how old, how old is your sister? Uh, she's uh, born in ninety, so she'd be my age. Yeah, yeah so she's thirty two, thirty three. Mm-hmm. How about that? Now, so he was stationed at Fort Riley. So would they go out at like Aggieville and stuff? Yes. All right, we got to add him to the list. Famous <laughs> people that have been to Aggieville. <laughs> we are officially adding. I got to go back to Mitch Palm here. Michael Connor Humphreys. All right, is uh, is Troy with us? Yeah, so we go from the uh, cool guy in the uh, control seat to the uh, old white guy sitting out here watching basketball. Yeah, Troy, who was the uh, <laughs> who was the cool guy you used to hang out with in Aggieville? Uh, well, they're I don't know that you would call them cool because they just there's no level of famous to them whatsoever. So, who's the uh, who's the most famous person in your phone? Um, that's actually a very good question. Well, I, I, I would get, probably have to. I mean, from a from a political standpoint, I could tell you about a couple of sitting members of Congress right now that are in my phone. Okay, we'll skip that. Um, yep. Well, mine's Jim Ross, the uh, pro wrestling right. uh, pro wrestling uh, broadcaster, Hall of Famer. Right. I had him on the show in a long time, but uh, also uh, with AEW. All right. Let's step into the casino. Let's try to drown out all the uh, basketball in the background and start uh, making some picks here in the uh, basketball slash casino, uh, basketball arena slash casino. By the way, there's no way. By the way, there's no way we're going to get a 5:45 start for pregame on this girls' game. By they're they're not even to halftime on the boys' game in front of us. Oh no! Well, I'm glad I know that now because I already did a number one song and now. All right, all right, all right. We'll, we'll manage here. Okay. Sorry. I know. Nothing we can do about pacing, right? Well, I figured this – well, okay, I guess this is a later game. So it's right now the champion side of the bracket, right? Uh, it is, yeah. Okay. Girls game that was just before it went a little bit longer, and this one's had a number of fouls called. We were talking earlier I, – I mentioned earlier that Manhattan boys are taking on Sunrise Christian Academy, but it's not like the varsity team or whatever. Do they have, like, names right. for, like, the levels of teams? Uh, the the one that is in Florida you mentioned earlier that's their select team select, and this is okay. essentially their, uh, their their high school varsity team. Oh, okay. So these kids aren't going anywhere. That's what you're saying. Not necessarily. They're just not the top five caliber kids that you have seen Sunrise turning out over the last few years and on their select team. They lost by two to Hugenton. Isn't Hugenton pretty good? They are, and in fact, right now they're uh, giving Millwood a pretty good run, leading at 28-21. Well, there you go. And Millwood won a state championship last year in Oklahoma. so Twice over, in fact. Yeah. They won two years running. So, yeah. All right. They, they were very good last night let's, against Manhattan. Uh, let's take a look at our first pick. It's our only pick from tonight's action, and it's the Pac-12 championship game. Number five, Oregon, is a nine-and-a-half-point favorite against number three, Washington. Winner of this game is most likely going to be the Pac-12 representative in the college football playoff. 7 o'clock Friday on ABC. The people, uh, let me pull this up here real quick. Bear with me. I'm sorry, but the people 
will be going with Washington. And uh, DG, who's not here, is also going to Washington as well, Troy. Yeah, um, I, I have a tough time doing that given what the number is on this game, though. It, it leans me towards Washington. But there is a lot of the sharp money that has gone down uh, on Oregon over the last 24 hours. So I'm not sure what the trend is that they're picking up on uh, that maybe us uh, slugs that are uh, electing to go other routes uh, are, aren't looking at. But uh, I, I think Washington is probably able to scratch out a win, just not at that, uh, not at that number. So I am picking Oregon to win the Pac-12 championship game and make it into the college football playoff, although I've been picking Washington who actually – um, you know, when it comes to the spreads, I've been picking Washington. I'm a, I've been a Michael Penix Jr. fan all year. You know, Bo Nix in Oregon, though, I think actually might be the overall better team. They lost earlier this year. I get it to Washington. That was, you know, in Seattle. That was at Washington. This is on a neutral site. Oregon fans are absolutely going to travel for this one. Um, I don't. You know, I, I'd imagine Washington fans will show up, but I bet there'll be more Oregon fans. I'm gonna actually take Oregon to cover ten and a half. I know, or five, nine and a half. I know that's crazy. I'm gonna take Oregon to cover those points. Big Twelve Championship game is tomorrow morning from uh, uh, AT and T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Number eighteen Oklahoma State taking on number seven Texas. Longhorns favored by fourteen and a half. Eleven a.m. on ABC. People are gonna slightly go Texas here. DG says Texas. What do you think, Troy? I'm in the uh, Texas camp because I think that they, unfortunately, uh, for those of us that would like to see them suffer a loss on their way out of the conference, I, I think that Oklahoma State just doesn't have a good way of challenging them, and I think Texas bolts out to an early lead and is able to take care of business. All right. I'm glad I'm going to be different again as well. I'm going to go Oklahoma State. I think I, I definitely go in Texas to win this, but it's the Big 12 championship game. I mean, pressure's on. Can Oklahoma State score enough points to keep this a competitive ball game? That'll be interesting to see, but I'm going to take Oklahoma State to lose by 10 to 14, not 14 and a half. The hook keeps me with um, the Cowboys. SEC championship game, number one Georgia, number eight Alabama. Georgia will be favored by six points, three o'clock on CBS. The people like Georgia, DG, will go Georgia as well. Yeah, I'm going to lean that way, too. In I just don't know that Alabama has all of the horsepower that it needs to be able to keep up with Georgia. I do want to note uh, CBS pregame coverage tomorrow will include uh, a piece on No Stone Unturned. Oh, that's awesome. Happened to catch that in the uh, notes this morning from the good folks over there. So there will be a feature uh, they get that coverage underway at 2 tomorrow on CBS. Final SEC game, by the way, on CBS. All right, who are you picking? Who, did you say who are you going to pick? I'm sorry. I said Georgia. Okay, I'm sorry about that. Yeah, Georgia um, is a popular pick, and I get it. They're the undefeated team. They have not lost a game in over 700 days. I'm going to take Jeez. Georgia to win. I think i got to go with everybody else as well. Georgia has just been the hot pick right now. And by the way, shout out to Eric Wolford, who's obviously a part of No Stone Unturned. He's the head of the uh, the big fundraiser every summer. And he was also the offensive line coach at Alabama so uh, and a former cat as well. So uh, that's very cool. No Stone Unturned going to be featured in the pregame. But Georgia wins it. They're going to go into the college football playoff undefeated. All right, three games left. I had to throw in one of the Group of Five Conference Championship games. 
I decided to go with the Sunbelt Conference Championship game. Appalachian State will take on Troy, 3 o'clock on ESPN. Trojans favored by 6.5. As the people will go with Troy, DG likes Troy as well. So people and uh, David G are uh, on the same pace right now. Yeah, and I am right there with them as well in that I think Troy's defense is going to be a little too much for what Appalachian State has. I'm going to go with what I know, and that's I know a little bit about Troy after watching K-State play them. You know, other than that K-State game, it's been a pretty solid pace for the Troy offense this year. Gunnar Watson has thrown for over 3,100 yards, 26 touchdowns, five interceptions. Kamani Vidal has been one of the best running backs in the nation. K-State has seen and I think half of their games this year, a top 20 rusher this year. And Vidal is one of them. As he's approaching 1,400 yards, he has scored nine touchdowns. He's averaging five and a half yards per carry. He has carried the ball 254 times. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to take Troy uh, to get it done and win the Sun Belts. Two games left, and we head to the Big Ten Championship. This is the, this is the biggest line you'll find out of Vegas. Number two, Michigan. Number 16, Iowa. Michigan is favored by, as I tweeted out a couple of days ago, 23.5 point favorite. So we'll stick with that line. David G will go with Michigan. The people like Michigan. You know what's scary about that is that even with that line, Iowa can't score 23.5 points. Yeah. I'm going Michigan. Iowa's a very good defense. I think Michigan, obviously Michigan's going to win this game. They're just too good on both sides of the football. But can Michigan win it by 23.5 points against that good of a defense? The thing is that Iowa defense is going to be on the field the whole day. The whole day. So Mm -hmm. I like Michigan as well. Last game just got interesting. Interesting report, I'll tell you, Troy. Florida State backup quarterback... Tate Roadmaker might not play in the ACC championship game for number four Florida State. When I tweeted this out a couple of days ago, Florida State was the favorite. I don't know if the line has moved, but it was just at two and a half points against number 14 Louisville. People like Florida State and DG will go Florida State as well. And I am flipping that and going with Louisville. As, by the way, the line itself for the moment is at uh, one and a half for Florida State, despite that news. Okay, so just a slight change. I don't know who that third-string quarterback could be. And Tate Roadmaker isn't officially out or anything. But uh, right now the word is he might not play. So we'll see what happens. Not sure. Um, But I'm going to take Louisville as well, even though they just lost to Kentucky. I got to go after that news, go with the Cardinals. Um, With that, let me give you the updated standings in Mitch and Vegas. Should have done this prior, but it was David G who back-to-back weeks had the big week, and it was the big week by far. We had a push, so we only had five games to officially uh, score a win or a loss on. But DG had a 4-1 week. Troy, you and I went 2-3. The people went 1-4. That was the first one-win week for the people all season long. So updated standings. Troy now with the lead, 49 and 32. The people 48 and 33. I'm at 37 and 44. And DG picks up a couple of games. He's now 35 
and 46. So now I, I'm, I got to try to keep DG out of third place. I do not want to finish last, Troy. But you keep the lead. <laughs> the you way, keep a sizable lead uh, over us I, two. By the way, I did a did a little quick math on this. If you take my picks and what the numbers are, one dollar will win you forty-seven dollars. All right, I know you love your one-dollar bets. Do you have any? Uh, <laughs> you have any parlays laid down for tonight or tomorrow? Oh, I've got a number of parlays laid down for this weekend. Yes. All right. Well, let's take a break, and when we come back, let's get some betting advice from Troy <laughs> because I'm looking forward to hearing this thirteen-leg parlay with a dollar on the line. <laughs> More of the game comes back after these words. Back on the game, we're going to do a full show instead of ending at 545. Manhattan High Hoops going to be a little bit delayed with previous games, tournament play in Hayes. Uh, putting our start time on hold, but uh, Troy sticking with us. Via the middle school gym in Hayes, America. All right, Troy, give us a parlay for the weekend. What's your big bet on a dollar, who are you going to be betting on this weekend? I actually have a number of them laid down uh, for various aspects of the games. But the one that I laid down that has to do with the closest lines uh, going into this uh, championship weekend, I have Oregon on the money line. I've got Alabama on the money line. I've got Louisville on the money line. I also have, though, in place for that parlay, an over for tonight's Pac-12 championship game of 58-and-a-half, and I've got an over for the SEC game of 49-and-a-half. I do like that over in the Pac-12 championship game. Um, I think most of those picks I agree with you. It's the SEC game that, as you're yeah. wondering, isn't well, it? Well, it, it is. Because um, it's, it's you know, that you know, six and a half. Um, yeah, I expect Georgia to win that game, and but that'll be an interesting game. That's just that's the one game that's the the hardest to predict when it comes to the line, that's for sure. Uh, and even if it's going to be a, a low-scoring game or high-scoring game, it's just it's a real tricky one to figure out. Um, I was going to ask you, though, are, have you laid anything down on tonight's basketball action? Because you got KU and UConn and Allen. I do. Give me a moment here. Let me page down a moment. Got to get past my uh, Nikola Jokic uh, triple-double for the night. You know, got to have that in the list. I mean, it is an obvious one, right? Uh, The line is is, uh, KU favored by five or uh, three and a half at home. Yeah, and uh, I did not go with with a pick as per that. I instead went with an over. And have it at 148 and a half. Okay. Interest. Because both teams are averaging over 80 points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I think overall, I've watched a little like a little bit of UConn um, this year. And the reason I wanted to, ch- first of all, defending national champions, but Cam Spencer I thought was a great pickup out of Rutgers. That transferred to UConn, and now he's their leading scorer at 16 points a game. UConn not shooting the three very well. Cam Spencer's the only player for UConn that's shooting it well at all, really, from three-point range, and he shoots it six times a game, and he's shooting 48%. And let me tell you, Troy, there's nothing I want more tonight than a white guy going off in Allen Fieldhouse. Cam Spencer, who's a 6'4 senior, he's a – I don't know where he's from – but I'm sure his parents are rich. 
Um, if he can just quiet the crowd, yeah, that would be an amazing thing to watch. He's going to have to hit those shots to beat KU. KU, you know, kind of a same – they're scoring more off the bench, but they don't have as many double-digit scores than I thought they would be. DeJuan Harris is only averaging six points a game. I think Nicholas Timberlake has been a disappointment so far for KU. He was supposed to be a hot three-point shooter. He's only playing 13 minutes a game, averaging four points. He's shooting 29% from three. That's been a very surprising start for uh, for Timberlake, a transfer this year. But I tell you what, Hunter Dickinson, 22 points, 13 rebounds a game. He kind of does what he does, He's and he's doing it well. But Kevin McCuller has been more of a scorer, actually, as well this year than I thought it would be. So... I don't yeah, know. McCullough has has done a nice job of essentially picking up the slack and being a good one B, if you will, to Dickinson's one A. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see because I mean his whole career he's only been averaging ten points a game, and mm-hmm. now he's he's now he's off to and he's playing basically the same amount. He's shooting the ball a lot more. Maybe that's a big part of it. Uh, but eighteen points a game, that's way more. That he's been producing. His defense is still great, of course, um, and he's rebounding a ton, averaging seven a game. So, yeah, Kevin McClure has certainly stepped up, but outside of that, they have three double-digit scores, and then it's like six, 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 a bunch of six-point scores per ball game. So I'm, I'm very fascinated to see how this all turns out. It's going to be the second-best environment in college basketball all this year. The only thing that's oh, going to top it, the only thing that's going to top it is KCKU and Bramlage Coliseum. There's no doubt about that. I- I would agree with that. It's going to be a great atmosphere. That's the that is the type of atmosphere you do love to see in November and early December. How do you feel about this that game being on ESPN two, and you got a doubleheader of early early NBA action on ESPN? Um, I mean, it is what it is, given what the contract lays out for ESPN. Scheduling that game on a Friday night is problematic. Let's be perfectly honest. But what are you going to do? Play it on the same day as the conference football championship games? Yeah, and by the way, um, Houston is actually playing right now. They're at Xavier in the Big East Big 12 Challenge, and uh, Houston is up 10 right now. So it looks like the Big 12 should get their first win um, in the challenge with a victory over, with the Houston victory over Xavier. But this is, like I said, a truly fascinating game where. I mean, UConn, despite not shooting the three very well, they're averaging 89 points a game. Um, so they're going to take it inside on, on Hunter Dickinson. His defense is going to be quite fascinating. Does he pick up a couple of – I would watch to actually keep an eye on that. Hunter Dickinson, does he pick up a couple of early fouls in this one? That would be the only thing I could see that could go wrong for KU in that first half of play, other than maybe just not scoring it like they want to. But um, – it's Allen Fieldhouse. He won't pick up two quick fouls. Ah, yeah, that's probably a good, yeah, good point. Yeah. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. All right, let's take our last break. Uh, Troy, you want to do a little ask us anything when we come back? Sure. All right. Trey, you got some questions? You haven't done this in a while. All right. He's got some questions. It's coming up next. We'll wrap up the show. Hey, real quick. I, I got one question. All right, so... Run to somebody you know or you kind of know. You're like, hey, what's up? Nothing, you know. And then you're like, how are you? And then they say good. But they don't say, how are you back? Is that disrespectful? Or are you okay with it? What do you, what do you, what do you say, Troy? 
Um, I'm all right with it. I mean, it's a throwaway as much as anything. Just kind of, it, it's kind of like the ad that's airing now regarding the guy saying the wrong thing at the airport. It just happens. I mean, if I barely know you, I'm just good with a head nod. We don't need all this preamble. Yeah. <laughs> don't need all this nonsense, this small talk. Let's just acknowledge we know each other and keep it moving. What about Trey? I deal with this on a day-to-day basis being at shortstop, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think... I don't know. There's sometimes I say it back. There's sometimes I don't. There's sometimes people say it back, and then there's sometimes they don't. So I'm like, either way, I'm fine. I think we're all going to live. All right. Trey, you got a question for us? I was just going to ask, what was the worst game experience that you ex- experienced in person? I could have phrased that better. but um, Like, okay, so like going to a game and cats right. lose. Uh, um, I would have to say... I've been to some bad ones. The first one that honestly comes to mind, though, is the overtime game in 2010 in basketball where college game day was here in case they lost that game in overtime. That was a tough one. Troy, do you got one? I've got a list. That's the flaws. I've got a list. <laughs> I, I'm going to put the at the top of the list the two that, uh, that UNC football lost on Hail Marys. Oh, God. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. I'll add, you know, last year in the Elite Eight, I was there in Madison Square Garden, the loss to Florida Atlantic. That was a real bummer. <laughs> that was a real bummer. Have you, what about, I, I mean, do you have one tray that a bad loss that you've been to? I know you're not a big sports guy, but. I don't want to, I have something that instantly comes to mind, but so Blue Valley hasn't had a really great record with football in the past so it's just like we would have whole seasons where other than like homecoming or something we would just get 45 to every single game for the most part i mean when i put when i was shout out to blue valley i love you guys when i was a senior in high school we started zero and five and two of the losses chapman and abilene were by one point Mm. i I mean i you (laughs) know i've I've been there as an athlete i've been there as mostly as a spectator though mostly basketball tough ones Football, yeah, yeah. I missed out on the real tough ones, though. I were not in attendance for the absolute hardest losses all time. All right. Um, well, Troy, we'll join back with Troy when uh, he's ready for pregame coverage of Manhattan girls and boys basketball uh, when they get close to playing. Otherwise, yep, for us, are, go ahead. Yeah, we're just halfway through the uh, third quarter on this game. So, All right, so we're still a little ways out from uh, Manhattan High Hoops, but stay tuned. It's coming up here shortly. Troy and I are done. So for Trey, Troy, I'm Mitch. That's the game for the week. Go Cats.